Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Hi, guys. How y'all doing? <laughs> Good. Hey, um, who all slept in? You all slept in? <laughs> Who forgot about the time change? Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, question for you. Have you ever had to do something in your life that did not make sense? Every day. <laughs> okay. We all face times in our lives when we do something that just doesn't make sense, right? Especially to people around us. So when I was 24, I went on my first missions trip, and I was in a place in my life where I was not walking with God. My life was pretty much a mess, and my friend handed me this missions application, and she said, fill this out. I want you to go on a missions trip, and I said, yeah, I don't think so, and filled it out anyway hoped and prayed that I would not be accepted, and ended up being accepted to my dismay, and I ended up going to Baltimore for three months for discipleship training, and then from there I went on outreach to Central America for four months. And it was not easy for me. And it was hard for me to explain to my family and friends, I'm quitting my job, I'm going to Baltimore, living with 29 other people that I've never met before, and then going to Central America. It doesn't make sense, right? But what was supposed to be a seven-month outreach turned into a four-month outreach because of some issues that were going on with some of my teammates and they sent us home early. So I had that on top of quitting my job (laughs) and leaving the country, and I come home early because of issues with my team and trying to explain this to people that didn't understand it from the beginning. They're like, what? You know, just didn't make sense. But looking back now, it was some of the best seven years, seven months of my life. My life did a 180. I got back on track with God the way I needed to. It was a pivotal point in my life. And that's an understatement. It changed me dramatically. And I had to take that step in doing something that didn't make sense. And in parenting, if you're a parent, you know that sometimes you have to say no to your kids, even when it doesn't make sense to them. You know, your kid asks you to go to a party, and you say no, and they're mad at you, and they stomp off and slam doors, and, um, but you stick to your guns. And I've had my kids ask to spend the night at a friend's house, and I say no because I don't know the family. 
I don't know the parents, and I don't know what's going on in that home, so I say no, and they're not happy with me, but as a parent, you got to call the shots sometimes, right? And sometimes that kid comes back to you and he says, thank you for saying no to that situation. And in the Bible, there's a story of Noah who built the ark in the middle of a desert. Like, what in the world? That makes zero sense. Who would build a boat in the middle of the desert when it's dry? But God told him to do it, and so he did it. And in the end, Noah was right. It made zero sense. And I'm sure people in the community were making fun of him, giving him a hard time. But he still did it. Sometimes God asks us to do things that just do not make sense. Right now we're in a series about prayer, and and, um, it's called Prayer, We're Diving Deep. And last week, Clint talked about spiritual warfare and how we need to fight our battles, our spiritual battles. We need to fight against our flesh, fight against the culture, fight against the enemy of our souls through prayer. Today, we're going to talk about a different aspect of prayer. And it's, it's about being consistently praying, even when it doesn't make sense. Even when it's hard, are we going to keep praying? Are we going to stick with it? And we're going to look at a story in Joshua, and that I'm guessing most of us know. And it was a time Joshua was doing something, God told him to do it, and it didn't make sense. And he looked a little crazy doing it. And we're going to read Joshua 6, the first six verses. We're going to skip around a little bit in the chapter um, because it's a long chapter and we don't need to read all of it. So we're going to skip around a little bit. So we're going to read verses 1 through 6. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men, and do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, and everyone straight in. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. So for the next six days, they marched around the city of Jericho one time each day, blowing trumpets and doing what God told them to do. Now we're going to skip down to verse 15 and 16. On the seventh day, They got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. And then verse 20, When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and the sound of the trumpet 
when the man when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed, so everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. So today's title is Persistent Prayer, The Art of Not Giving Up. But let me pray, and I'll give you a couple points to consider. So Holy Spirit, would you come this morning? Would you speak to us? And would you interact with us this morning? God, we believe your word is true. So God, I pray that your truth would penetrate our hearts today and that it would change us. God, I pray that you would use my voice to speak your truth this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, first fill in. Each of us can see answers like Joshua when we take the first step. Joshua was obedient, and he knew that he was just going to take the first step, and then the next step, and the next step. And it was steps of faith. God had promised this to him, and he believed him, and so he took the first step, and then the next step. And faith requires action. When we have faith, it requires us to be active with that faith, not just sit and wait for God to do his thing. But we need to be active in that faith. Because see, the Israelites had a 400-year-old promise that they would get to the promised land. And the city of Jericho was one of those places that they had to conquer to get to the promised land. It was a 400-year-old promise, and promises from God do not expire. He doesn't go back on his word because he is faithful and he's a promise keeper. He keeps his promises. And some facts about the wall around the city of Jericho. The base of the wall was six feet wide. These are kind of estimations. Six feet wide. And the height of the wall was 50 feet high. Massive wall. Massive wall, and there was no way to get in, and there was no way to get out. So Joshua and the Israelites knew that it was going to take a miracle of God (laughs) to get into the city, to take this city. And they knew it was going to take God keeping his promise. They believed him. So 1,000 years later in Jericho, there is another recording of a miracle that happened in Jericho. This is the only other recorded miracle in Jericho. I'm guessing there were other miracles that happened, but this is the only one that's recorded. It's in Matthew, Matthew 20. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet. But they shouted all the louder, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus stopped and called them. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. Lord, they answered, we want our sight. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately, they received their sight and followed him. See, Jesus asked 
what do you want me to do for you? Because Jesus is God, we know that he already knew what they wanted. Because God knows everything. He knew what they wanted, but he still asked them, what do you want me to do for you? Because the truth is, is that words are powerful. And Jesus knows that. He knows there are power, there's power in our words. He wanted them to speak it out. This is what I want from you. He wanted them to know it. He wanted them to claim it. So what if Jesus asked us the same question? What do you want me to do for you? How would you answer that? What do you want Jesus to do for you? Mark Batterson says, many of us don't know, many of us don't get what we want because we don't know what we want. Too many times we're not specific with what we want. What is it exactly that you want? Do you want him to mend a relationship? Do you want him to save your marriage? Do you want him to give you a new job? Do you want him to provide for you financially? Do you, what do you want from him? God promises many things in his Bible, in his word. So many times we read the Bible just for the sake of reading the Bible, but do you know the, the Bible is full of his promises? He promises that he's a mender of relationships. He's a mender of marriages and friendships and families. He is a healer of our sicknesses, of our hearts. He's the healer. He healed two blind men. He's a provider. He's a provider of our home, of Money for gas in your car. <laughs> Money to pay the bill. He wants to provide for you. Wisdom. He tells us to ask for wisdom. It's all over Proverbs. Ask for wisdom. He wants to give us wisdom. And my goodness, do we need wisdom. <laughs> Godly wisdom. He promises to take care of us. And in Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, he will give us a hope and a future. He knows our hearts and he promises us love because that's who he is. Because that's what we're worthy of. These are all promises from him. And we can claim these promises. And, you know, it's not about how we pray. It's not about the words that we say. But it's the posture of our hearts that matter. Do we have a clean heart before him? Do we have a pure heart before him? He cares about that. Clint and I are celebrating our 15-year anniversary this year. And 
while we were dating, life was wonderful. It was great. It was fun. And then we got married. And, <laughs> and life changed dramatically. Life changed. And reality hit us, smack in the face, almost knocked us over. And life became very hard. It just got really hard. And thank goodness we're, thank goodness we're Jesus lovers, and we're still married now because of that. But life was really, 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 really hard. And I remember when my kids were little, they were going to, to private school in uh, Mishawaka. And I would go take them to school every morning and um, go home. My heart was just broken, just broken. And, and I had little hope of our family being okay in the long run. And I would go home after dropping the kids off from school, and I would turn, music, turn worship music on, and I would be in our living room, flat on my face before the Lord, begging him and crying out to him, physically begging him and crying out to him to save our family and to heal our family. I had days of just gut-wrenching cries. Heal my family, Lord. Save my family. It was that hard. Nobody knew that I was doing this, and I did it for years. Nobody knew how broken my heart was and how desperate I was for my family to be healed. I did this for years. And because you see, God promised me a hope and a future. And he promised me that he was a healer. And he promised me that I would have a healthy family. That's what he promised me. There were days when I did not see it. <laughs> I was ready to give up. I'm like, really, God? Really? But I kept going. I kept doing it. I kept listening to worship music because it's a weapon. Prayer is a weapon. I had to fight for my family. So I persevered. I kept going. Even the days when I was tired and I didn't see anything happening, I kept going. I had to persevere. And almost seven years later, our family became a family. And he's still healing our family. But it took years for me to beg God to heal my family. And it took persistence. And there was one day that things just switched. There was like a flip, a switch that flipped. And he's healing my, he's still healing my family. So you need to take that first step. Your next fill in. Each of us can see answers like Joshua when we persevere. 
verse 1, it says, Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out, and no one came in. It was pretty secure. (laughs) You were stuck inside or stuck outside. Sometimes we feel like our promises are tightly shut. Okay, God, you promised this. I don't see anything happening. The gate's pretty tight. Then in verse 2 it says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. It says, I have. It doesn't say, I will. He says, I have. Because he had already promised that to Joshua and the Israelites. And what the Israelites needed to do was to go after that promise. Go after it. God already promised it. It's up to us to go after it. Take that step and keep taking the steps. Keep taking the steps. Keep taking the steps. Keep doing it. Because he's already promised it. But faith requires action. John 5, verse 17. In his defense, Jesus said to them, My father is always at work to this very day, and I too am working. Even when we don't see it, God is still working. He is still faithful. He is still true to his promise. He is still doing what he said he would do. Even when we don't see it, even when we don't feel it, even when we don't believe it, (laughs) still doing it. Hebrews 10, verse 35 and 36. So do not throw away away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Don't throw away your confidence, but persevere. Are we confident enough in the Lord to believe that he's going to follow through on his promise? And are we going to stick with it? On the days when you just don't, you want to give up. You're thinking, this is ridiculous. This is pointless. People think I'm crazy. It doesn't make sense. Imagine if Joshua and the Israelites would have quit on lap six on the seventh day. They would have missed out on the blessing that God had for them in the end. What lap are you on? but he tells us to keep marching. It takes a lot of faith to keep going, to persevere, to keep taking that next step. Second Corinthians 5, 7, it says, For we live by faith and not by sight. So many times the things that we see isn't what God sees. God is a big picture God. I like to say that I'm a big picture person. Big picture person, 
I don't like to see what's right in front of me. I like to see. I like to look ahead. And even when I'm driving, I like to look ahead. (laughs) Sometimes I need to see what's right in front of me. But God is a big picture God. He sees it all. He sees what's happening. In our humanness, we don't see it all. Do we have enough faith and enough trust that he sees it all and he knows what's happening and he knows what's best for us, even when we don't? Hebrews 10, verse 23, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. He has promised that he's faithful. He has promised that he loves us enough to do what is best for us. He has promised us a hope and a future. God promised Joshua that he would deliver, that he would follow through, that they would have the city of Jericho. And because of Joshua's obedience, and the Israelites' obedience, they were able to see that blessing. What if they would have said, oh, five laps, that's good. We're good. We don't need to do the seven like God said we, would, we should do. Five is enough. They would have missed out. What's your Jericho? What should you be praying around? What are you praying around? Is it someone who needs to come into relationship with Jesus? Are you still praying for that person? Are you going to keep praying for that person? Is it a marriage that needs to be mended? What's your Jericho? What miracle do you need? What promise do you need to claim? Do you have enough persistence and perseverance to keep going? Even when it seems ridiculous. James 1, verses 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, When you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. Perseverance is not fun. (laughs) Just telling you. It's not fun. But it builds your character. It's part of the character-building process. It's part of the faith-building process. And it's what God has for us. Your last fill-in. Tomorrow could be the final lap, so don't give up today. You could be on lap six and a half. Or 20 and a half. (laughs) It may feel like forever ago when you 
started praying. But don't give up. Don't give up. Why don't you stand with me? And I've asked Krista to, I don't know where Krista is. I don't know where Krista is. <laughs> Krista's going to play a song for us. Um, maybe. There she is. Okay. Chris is going to play a song for us. It's called Do It Again. And it's about believing in God's promises and his faithfulness. And, um, and trusting that he's going to do it. He's done miracles before. Do you need a miracle? Do you need him to follow through on your promise, on his promise? So as we sing this song, I want you to claim, tell God what you want. He wants to know. He wants to hear it. Tell him what you want. And if you need to come up front and just kneel, say, God, this is what I want. And I give it to you. I surrender to you. Feel free to do that during this song. That's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofvineyard.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.